you've tuned into all things fine and gentry with the connoisseur french thompson where consistently we bring you ideas concepts and exposure to thoughtful content lifestyle enhancements and opportunities to improve yourself and those around you thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this week's episode Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of All Things Fine and Gentry. This is the Connoisseur French Thompson, and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you all for tuning in today. Um, I'm just going to put it out here. There's a huge elephant in the room. It has been like four months since the last episode, and I said I was going to come back real quick after we finished up um, the Extraordinary Gentleman series. Um, but then I said, you know, I got other things to do. Not that I don't care about y'all, but, you know, I had to take care of the family. Had We moved from California back to Texas. Just a whole bunch of stuff going on. But we're back. We are back. And what better way to kick this thing off than with a new series called Morehouse Men. And I'm sorry for those that um, don't know. This is your first time listening to the podcast. Uh, as the intro said, this is French Thompson and this is a, a legacy lifestyle leadership style podcast. We just talk about a lot of good stuff. And uh, honestly, you all just listen to conversations I have with my friends and, and great people I know. So we're digging into it. But like I said, today we are starting a new series called Morehouse Men. And uh, we are graced today by a really, really good friend of mine, somebody I've known since freshman year of college, Mr. Clark Jones. Welcome to the podcast, sir. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Your brother, ain't your very, very close friend. Your brother. Wait. Your brother, man. No mothers. For real, man. Stop playing with me, man. Remember me from, from I moved met this brother down in Georgetown, man. I'm trying to get my DC accent. You you heard? You know what I'm saying? Okay, so so before we started this thing. <laughs> before we started this thing. Y'all joking straight lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh mother, man. Hey. Where my, where my nigga Wale at, man? Damn. Oh, damn, bro. Y'all, man. Jack Cranking, man. That joint that John was Jack Cranking, man. So Clark is trying to get all of his DC lingo out. <laughs> <laughs> this, because... podcast, this podcast is crazy, man. <laughs> with, with the pod? This podcast, man. I'm telling you, y'all, like, please do that. Oh, mother's, man. All right. So we're going to dig into who Clark Jones is, but clearly, you all, if you all don't know him, my man is is a uh, a class act for us, and we're gonna dig into who he is and kind of kind of his story and, and dig into it. So, Clark, beyond yes, uh, your excellent um, DC accents, uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Um, what you do now? And then we're just gonna we're gonna go into it. Born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Um, you know, I'm just um, who am I? That's that's what that's what I'm trying to figure out. That's what we are trying to figure out who we are. But I'm South Side of Chicago, born and raised, schooled at Morehouse, um, Whitney Young, journalism major, comedian, writer, director, actor, just a um friend, brother, uncle. Not a dad yet, but we'll see what 2022 got the hold that you know of. That I know of. I, I, I think I covered up all the things. <laughs> I check in. I check in. Even even I check in after the check in. Like I do a three month, six month, nine month check in. Um, not not that I know of. I'm, I'm thank God. I'm just a good uncle right now. There it is. But uh, yeah, 
I'm an in, I'm an industry vet at this point. And That's you know, what's probably, up. Yeah, been in it been in it for a minute. So you've seen probably seen some. If you haven't seen my work, you've seen me work with things you've that you frequent or that yeah. you often yeah. see. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. So we we're going to yeah. go back to it, to the South side of Chicago, and then just kind of talk through, you know, how you got to where you are and, and then where we're going. So like you said, yeah. South side of Chicago, Whitney Young High School for you, for those that may not know, Whitney Young is where all the bougie black people in yeah. Chicago go. But Michelle uh, Robinson, don't be talking about the first lady like that. <laughs> Michelle Robinson Obama. There it is. There it is. All right. So how, how did you end up at Morehouse, right? So, I mean, I know there's a lot of uh, Chicago wins that ended up in uh, at Morehouse, but, you know, what, what's your story? How did you end up there? I'm going to tell you something that I don't think I've ever said on a podcast before. Um, I didn't hadn't heard of Morehouse until one Saturday I was watching WGN and School Days came on. Mm. And I was just like, I had to be like sixth grade maybe, maybe mm. even younger than that. And I was just like, what is this college with black people in it? And it's not just black people in the background, like only black people. Yeah. There's a college, like I had seen other college movies, you know, Revenge of the Nerds and, you know, Back to School, all these other, every other college thing I've ever seen um, didn't have any black people, not at the forefront, uh-huh. except for like Mar the gay dude from Revenge of the Nerds. I'm like, this ain't that. Mm-hmm. So. I was just intrigued then and then I got into a different world and like started seeing different things and um only applied to two schools, University of Illinois and Morehouse. And you mm. know, once they sent me once they sent me academic scholarship, it was a wrap. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now you you came down with a few folks from from high school, people that you knew, right? Um Yeah. So you know, was this something that you all kind of collectively, you know, thought of or talked about or was kind of like, oh, you going there, too? That's what's up. Yeah. I mean, my what, you know, my best friend, Will Miles, we his dad went. So he was going regardless. Mm-hmm. That wasn't like a collaborative thing. Um, some of the other guys like the church we went to Trinity, yeah. which is another tie to the Obamas. You know, they really promote HBCUs um, early with us. So. That's where it was kind of started. Um, I had, like I said, I only I had no. I fell in love with the school from seeing it like that, and I had to find out, figure out who Spike Lee was. And I wanted to know everything about Morehouse and all of that, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, let me go there." Then I found out <laughs> like they didn't have creative writing majors or any type of film <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, well, I ain't going to NYU. Like right. that's enough shit. Damn, I didn't went to Morehouse. I can't. I can't follow every step Spike took the same way. So, uh, but just getting there. Um, I will like, you know, I, I'm thankful for the schools that I that I went to True. from um, from a networking standpoint for Whitney Young, Morehouse, DePaul for grand school. It's just like, all right, if nothing else, I know I got connections in a lot of places. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. So, you know, you uh, you find out from school days, you get accepted academic scholarship and then you head down there. What, what was it like when you first got to Morehouse? <sighs> it's. It was just like this gumbo of all these different cultures, right? Mm. Because when you get down there, you know, no matter where you're coming from, because you got people come from all over the country, right. even if that ain't you, you're the you're the representation or people was really overrepresenting mm. the closest city to them. Yeah. Right. So if you was from Silver Spring or you was from um even Alexandria, whatever part of Virginia, you was DC's 
he was rapping DC hard. Yeah. So every everything that the city of DC is known for, you was you was out there with the socks. You had the, the goat. You had rare essence. You had off the muscle was bumping. Yep. You know what I'm saying? If you from Jersey, but you got you bringing that Philly with you, um, all these like you know Fresno cats just being as LA as as possible. So you know, like it was just like like damn, I'm just learning, and I'm I'm you know as a comedian as a writer, like I, I study people. So I was just yeah. like. I picked up everything, and that was you included. Like, I didn't know about Gogo before outside of the butt. So, like, you know, I picked up on yeah. it, and it wasn't just like a, um, it wasn't just a cursory thing. Like, when I study cultures and I study people, like, I really get into it. So I want to know who is the authentic. You know, what I'm saying, don't give me like what you know a casual fan might hear. So, like, our boy Glenn from the Bay. Like, I want to know like who's the real legitimate. That's good. Bay. Like I want, I want to know it in its depth, not just the um, surface level that you could just look up real quick. That's good. That's good. So you know, we're, we're on campus, and uh, you know, we we both end up at at Graves Hall, which is uh, the honors dorm at, at Morehouse. And I mean, I, I would say the the time there was very formative, especially as a freshman. Right? You you have some right. some awesome RAs that have, I mean, gone and done amazing things. I mean, when you just step back and realize people that we were connected to at Morehouse is pretty awesome in itself, but yeah, you know, absolutely. when you, um, when you look back on that first year, um, as far as, like you said, one, you just being exposed to all these cultures and different people, you know, were there any things that kind of stuck out that said, Hey man, yeah, I'm, I made the right choice or, you know, I couldn't imagine myself anywhere else. You know, it was, I was like this blank slate, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I'm first generation. Yeah. So just getting down there and like, my first, like, uh, I don't even know what you call it. Report card? Is this the report card? <laughs> I don't know what they call it? <laughs> My first grades were trash. But, like, I had a, I had grades from a college. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's good. Although they weren't the grades that I wanted or grades anybody really wanted my first one, like, it was really like, oh, I'm officially a college student. Yeah. And that was like, that just, that was something I just, you know, I couldn't even think about like, okay, you know, man, this isn't the greatest thing. Whatever. I was just like, my single mom found a way for me to um, live out this dream That's what's of a private, because Morehouse is a private school. Yeah. There's no state money. Like, you really got to either have it or not have it enough that you can get help um, to to even get there. That's right. And I didn't know we fell or whatever, but it, you know, it was just like, it was just a dream come true, man. I, I really could not believe it. The first time I ever flew on a plane was coming back from wow. Atlanta. Wow. That was the first time I, I, I rode on a plane. And Will was like, yeah, I'm going to get a ticket with you. I'm Because so, he thought I was going to spaz or something. But <laughs> I, I love it. I love it because, you know, I'm a late bloomer to a lot of stuff. So a lot of stuff don't take me um, by surprise. I'm just like, you know, I'm kind of grown mm. at this point. Yeah, that's right. Um, so... You know, between that and the fact that we all clicked up so fast and it was just an opportunity um, to a lot of people when we start college, it's an opportunity to reinvent yourself. Right. Yep. But it was no reinvention. I just I just got a chance to find out on my own what I like, what I don't like and just invent, not reinvent, but find out who I am. That's good. So Clark kind of, you know, gave you all a little you know preview what you're going to you know hear from. The majority of our our group um, that we we essentially formed and hung out with from freshman year uh, through this Morehouse uh, men series here, but 
you know, there was a group of us, you know, on, on average about 10 that, that hung out I mean, essentially from first semester freshman year all the way through until graduation and formed an incredible bond and and helped each other grow. And I mean, we got stories for days about uh, different types of things. But, you know, mm-hmm. one of my one of my favorite stories about you, and, and it's interesting like you talking about like in, we said, not necessarily reinventing yourself, but inventing yourself. And it's very interesting to watch people, you know, call it come of age, at, at, you know, yeah, come of age, yeah, That's a good word, you yeah. know. And so um, I remember one time we were sitting in a cab and I mean, in the cafeteria at, at Morehouse uh, had you know, Shivers Hall had uh, you know, all types of tables in there. They had some benches. They had, you know, four tops, you know, six tops. <laughs> but they also had these um, these round tables. I don't know, maybe sat like eight or something like that. So uh, this is one random, you know, evening for dinner. And we're all sitting around and I don't remember what we were talking about, but somehow we were lamenting on something and, you know, everybody's kind of bouncing off like, oh, this sucks or blah, 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 blah. And I remember you said something that, I mean, sticks to me today over 20 years later that I'm like, this dude is going to be a comedian and entertainer. He's going places. So we're lamenting. And then you stop me like, uh, what is this, Oprah? And I, I mean, I started to cry because it was it was perfect timing and it just made everybody just like look at themselves, you know, with, you know, stupefied. Like, yeah, we sound like some some punks right now, but it was right perfect. There. And right there, yeah. I'm like, Clark Jones, he, he's going to be on TV or movies doing whatever, because that was perfect. And I mean, you, you I, all- <laughs> that's crazy. That's great. I don't even remember that. That's wild. I know. I mean, it's some of those things that I mean, I'm sure that I got stories for everybody that folks probably like, I don't remember that. But like the comedic timing, the you know, all of that, I was just like, yeah, he got it. So I got a question for you. When, when did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Hmm. Um, some days I don't know. <laughs> some, days, <laughs> some days that rough, man, you just don't know. Um, you know, in, in, in this for me, and I know a lot of people can relate to this. I'm sure they can. It's like you just need a reminder and your body or your internal clock needs that reminder that you are doing the right thing. Mm, that's good. Uh, you know, some people need a, a late night spot every six months or every year. Some people need an award. You know, we talk about the upper echelons of it. Some people need whatever check like it, it, it the game, it, it, you know, kind of runs. So you just you just get reminders like, OK, I'm doing the right thing. Like. Mm. Um, well, I know we're gonna get into the past few years, but it's just been a lot of that of, of time and thing. This just happened where, like, I'm very locked into the universe telling me stuff, right? Um, so I I had an uh, uh, interview for a TV show recently that was LA time. Uh, I I get those mixed up. Mm-hmm. I'm a little dyslexic with like like oh time zones. So it was at ten o'clock. And L.A., and so I thought it was 8 or 8 a.m. my time. Mm. So I got up, and I was ready, got up at 7, took a shower, something dirty. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I logged into the Zoom at 8, and nobody was in there. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, if it's 10 o'clock L.A. time, I'm like, oh, noon mm. our time. So I went back to sleep, <laughs> and it's something about... Just like that second go around where you don't set the alarm again. Because you're like, no way I'm asleep. Goddamn four hours. But I did. I went back to sleep. And without even setting an alarm, I woke back up at 1126. Wow. Just 
the spirit, God, shaking me awake at 1126. Um, I didn't even think about, you know how you could think like, okay, I got 30 minutes or I got two, whatever. I didn't even know I was passing back out, passing back out, woke up at 1126, enough time to, you know, freshen up and all of that. And it was like, no matter what happens with that gig, you know, it was meant for me to have that thing in the universe. I'm thankful yes, when the universe still talks to me in very clear terms. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. So um, <clears throat> that didn't answer your question. No, no, so no. Let me, no. <laughs> let me answer the question. I'm going to get real uh, existential I mean, with you and then I'm going to answer you the know, question. The first, listen, the first time I went on stage as a comedian was 2000. Uh, 2008-ish. Lil Rel was hosting. He was the first person to bring me up on stage. Mm. And when I got off stage, you know, he was just like, he didn't, he was like, man, that, that one, like, you ain't killed, but <laughs> your stuff like me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, <laughs> and so, like, that was enough to make me go, like, because it was that jokes and notes, all black crowd. This is the hood night, too. Yeah. $5 open mic. So people come in to be the Apollo and like to bomb and watch people, uh, I mean, like boo and watch people bomb. And, you know, I'm fresh off teaching job earlier that day. Still mm. got my teaching clothes on. So I don't look the part. Right. Yeah. And uh, he still gave me like three minutes. And I told my jokes and uh, I got through it. And that, just getting through it, just, just, if I had bombed then, I think. I don't know if I would be still doing it. That's the fact that I had success early was in my mind success early. That made me keep going. That's good. So <clears throat> going in that same vein, obviously, you know, you have your first stand up. You know, what, what have been some of your greatest experiences where you're like, man, this is I feel like I'm on top of the world. And then, you know, what's been one that you're like, oh, I wish I could forget that. And if, you know, I don't want to bring up something that you can be like, I don't even want to think about it again. But, you know, what's been one of those uh, experiences? Yeah. I mean, worst experience probably was stuff off stage, but greatest experience was, I mean, I, I hosted a show in New York and one night, you know, and this was before they were even big, but like Pete Davidson, mm. the partner of Charla, uh, let me see who else. It was, a, it was like some few big names on the show. And then uh, coming through the crowd, thanks to our friend Joyelle, um, Dave Chappelle walks in. Wow. And this was, this was like 20... 17 2016 maybe something like that you know when he was still like mythical a little bit before mm -hmm. he was just everywhere in the netflix specials um so that that was a that was a that was just a crazy apex of new york and then the opportunity like my my you know there was he had like a kickback that night yeah and like getting the invite to you know 2 a.m dave Chappelle. uh jam jam session with music and all these people different people on stage that was um that was like a, oh wow i really live in this city that's type thing that's what's up and like that that was just that made me feel like i'm a part of um this thing yeah you know? that community yeah that's real yeah that's real. um low points it's hard to even say with that because like I said, I had such real life stuff happen off stage that yeah. anything that happened with comedy, I, I'm thankful I never really embarrassed myself. I bombed, and the worst set I've had was that <laughs> it was a Domino Sugar competition. So you know it was black. <laughs> it was my, my, Domino my Sugar. And you know, ladies were like, "You are not funny." And it, the worst part wasn't even her saying that. It was like I had on a like a suit and a bow tie and like New Balances. I was all. That was gonna be my persona, the the bow tie comedian, and uh, to 
it, it hurts more when you bomb and you really put a lot of work into mm. your outfit. That that hurts more. Um, but yeah, like the stage is where I go to work out the embarrassing things that happen, you know, in real life. Yeah. So like, it's always my it's always my solace. Even in my hardest times in New York, and I had some real hard times. Nothing was better than getting laughs in New York, like this place where all these artists are, all these professionals, all these you know people who are jaded. Mm. And I'm like, damn, I'm a comfort to some of the most jaded people in the country wow. who are going through shit that they never thought that they would go through. I'm entertaining them. That that makes that puts me on top of the fucking world. Mm. That's good. That's good. All right, so so you you've kind of danced around it a little bit here, but um, because you're my brother, I want to go deep and and you know let people you know hear a little bit more about about Clark. These last few years have been tough for you, you know, yeah. um, and you know a lot of people, uh, but but you've had some loss uh, these last few years. What has it been like to to balance it, right? I mean, and we, we've we've talked about it uh, amongst the group chats and things like that, and and I even toyed around with, with calling this episode. Um, you know, the joy inside my tears, right? I mean, playing mm. off of Stevie, because I mean, I know and have seen the hurt you've been going through, but then also seeing you on TV and you know, seeing you headlining shows all during the same time. So, so how has it been, you know, just balancing this out and working through loss, right? Your mom, your brother, you know, unexpectedly. Um, you know, what has that been like and, and how have you been able to balance it and keep yourself moving, you know? Well, let me just give some context for people listening. Um, so December 2019, uh, I, I lost my birth mother um, who, you know, loved my life. Yeah. Um, and it was it was a series of things like in. OK, so I, I was home in September. She was fine. October, end of October, I'm in, uh, what's the, what's the seven cities, um, Virginia area, like that area. No, Hampton Roads or. Hampton, Hampton, Hampton. Hampton. And, um, in that weekend I got shot, I survived a shoot, shooting in, um, in, not in Hampton, but where's the other black college? Not Virginia. Norfolk State? Norfolk. There we go. So I got. I survived the shooting in Norfolk. Um, I was, I had to leave my apartment and I got a call from my brother saying that my mom had stage four cancer. Mm. And I'm like, the fuck? How do you go straight to stage four? Mm. I, I knew nothing about um, ovarian cancer, which is basically, a, it's a, it's a, it's a death certificate. Mm. Um, that we just, I had no idea about um, because I was like, I was just in Chicago. I'm in September. How do you, how do you, you know, and you only hear, oh, there's no stage five. So, right. you know, you only hear it. So I was, these, this is like back to back days that this happened. Um, and so by December 19th, um, she was gone, hmm. um, physically. Yeah. And, um, really just, I, I can't even remember all the other things that was going on hmm. at that time. But, um, so, you know, what made it difficult, December, she, she passes. Um, so I'm like, you know what? Thankfully I have a stepmother who I have a great bond with, who I love to death, like a second mother to me, but it was always like, neither one of us wanted to 
like, could, you know, my mom was there. Yeah. Like, that was obviously my mom, my mom. So, like, this option for us to get closer, May, she has heart failure. Mm. She passes away. Still in LA. And I'm still, this is my first writing gig happening for TV. So it's like the best of times, worst of times. Yeah. Um, and I go, you know what? Just this perseverance and a lot of support from people said, um, okay, well, I, I have my older brother who, you know, he's next in line. Like now, he yeah. and I, who, who, we've had an strange relationship at times. This is, we going to help each other get through this, through these things. So my plan was, okay, I'll be gone out of LA. You know, the show season one is done. I'll, um, I'll, you know, go back to Chicago and me and my brother will help each other out. I'll go back September 1st. I wasn't ready to leave September 1st. It was still a lot of stuff with a, a relationship and all of that. I was like, okay, next month I'll leave. I get a call from my grandmother September 8th while I'm in LA that my brother had been shot to death. Hmm. Um, and that broke me. Yeah, that was the that was the thing because there's nobody left mm. that has the authority to to guide me. That's good. Right? Yeah. Even my even my grandmother wasn't an authority figure in my life. Mm. My dad is an authority figure, but you know our relationship <clears throat> our relationship has been is better now. But he worked so much, we just never had that type of dynamic like that. Mm. It was it was the mothers and then my older brother. It was like who 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 gonna check me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, which is a, a like you know hurry up and grow up type of feeling. Mm. Um, but I also had to be strong for my younger brother and my younger sister because now I'm the I'm the chief. Um, I had to be strong for my dad, you yeah. know, um, and. It's like this could be an hour, but thankfully, what I will say for people listening to keep the long story short, you know, May after my stepmother passed is when I started going to therapy. That's good. Um, and it was had I not been in therapy when I got the news about my brother, um, I don't know. I don't know what because I had to I had some tools yeah. to work. And I had somebody who as soon as I got to home my grandmother, I texted my therapist, let her know what happened. And she was like, okay, we can talk tomorrow. And we weren't starting from scratch. That's good. Um, it didn't make it hurt any less, but I wasn't, I wasn't at death's door or like at the end. Like I thought I, I had somebody who I could talk to. Uh, and so, you know, through the course of that, you, you like, like, like grief mm-hmm. is so nonlinear. Like in the in the healing of it, that's good. Which a lot of people are like. Oh, I feel better. I feel better. Hey, you think you're gonna feel better little by little until you feel great? It's like no. You you might take three steps forward, seven steps back, one step forward, ten steps back, twenty steps. Forward. Like it goes all over, and you know it can disappear. The grief can go away altogether, and then you know you re- you remember like oh I had shit to work out even before. <laughs> and then now you just now you just stuck with the old problems and then the grief might come back for a little bit and then you got to get rid of that and then like we're getting older too so like it's it's you know after a certain age you just have to proactively uh take care of yourself that's good you know and like yeah go to your, you know it sounds cliche like go to your appointments 
eat right, eat better. Like I, I went through a depressive state and it was just like my diet was trash and it and it still is, but it gave me some relief knowing like, okay, some of these things are happening because of um you eat like shit. Yeah. I was eating like shit because I felt like shit. And that is when the the the, the spiral as they call it kind of happens. Uh and then a lot of entertainers, media people, whatever, because they're having success in their career that allows them to endure more of the crouch mm. or think that it's somehow connected. Like, oh, you know, I'm killing on stage, no matter what my life is like, you know, it's like, no, you can you can have a healthy life and be a funny person or an engaging person or an interesting person at the same time. That's good. That's good. Mm. So many good nuggets in there and oh so so much that we can kind of dive down in there. But I hope you all, you know, heard you know, a lot that that was unpacked in there in regards to overall health, like holistically, you got you, you got to take care of yourself. And I love that that part about proactive, you know, you know, gotta that, be pro- you got to be proactive with it. And and it's it's that's good. That's good. So with that, right, with, you know, these last two years that have just been, you know, body blows. Right. You know, yeah. what, what, what do you lean on now? Like, how do you, how have you been able to still get back up there? Right. How have you been able to continue to, you know, make people laugh and, you know, shoot, when we first got on here, we just cracking up for about almost two, three minutes, just laughing and having a good time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's like a potato. Like, I don't know what's at the core of how, how much peeling I'm going to do, but it's just, I know what I'm, what I'm not and what I, like you learn by doing, right? Like I was in relationships that I thought was love from my end mm. or just like she's the one. And I didn't realize, you know, I was in it for something for me. Uh. And that's why I endured the terribleness of it because of the, I was lonely. Mm. And so like, you know, it don't care what your gender or sexual preference is. Everybody played a fool. It don't, it don't matter. No matter what you are, it's not a gay thing. It's not a woman thing. It's not a uh, beta male, whatever dumbass phrase people use. <laughs> when you're in, when you in need of something, you become very vulnerable mm. to whatever, and you'll just say yes and oh yeah, cool, and you endure a lot more as long as you keep getting the thing that you want. And I wanted company That's in this good. very toxic, terrible situation that I was in. So, you know, once I come out of it, or once I come out of that, they're like, oh, okay, that's not, that's not what I want. 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 Until, like, you kind of look up, and then hopefully you say, like, all right, this is, um, I know enough about what I don't want, and what all I have left is the thing that I need. That's good. <clears throat> that's good. Mm. Clark, uh, uh, I don't know if y'all hearing, Clark dropping it on y'all today. So, I mean, y'all not this is. <laughs> This is for the brothers, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All my brothers from every area. You feel me? From the area. <laughs> <laughs> from the old DMV. You know what I'm saying? Georgetown, you know. All, okay. All right. So what's next for Clark? Right. So I mean, there's so many things you've done over over the years. Matter of fact, I'm I'm wearing my my uh, uh my Morehouse hoodie. Uh, from from you know classic black customs, man. You're yes, brand, you're, you're a brand mogul. You've been headlining shows, podcaster, merch producer. 
what's what's next, man? You a writer, hot I mean, you, you know, HBO shows, all this stuff, some stars. Like, I mean, you, you you got credits all over the place. What's next for Clark? It's just to continue to take risks, man. Like mm. like I said, I'm I'm back interviewing for two jobs now. Hopefully I get one. If I get if neither one come through, then it's something else. But it always comes back to putting myself out there. Like, you know, motherfuckers could have been like, nigga, you trying to make hoodies? What the fuck? <laughs> this week ass shit. Like, I just see things and I see if I could do it. And then, you know, either people don't like it or they like you know, somebody told me before we went to college, like you know, with a chick trying to holler at a chick in the club. Like, the worst she could say is, nigga, get the fuck out of my face. That's yeah. the worst she could say. Yeah. It was like, if you can get past that, you can get past, you can you can do anything. Yes. And that was like the rule. I just took that to everything with jokes. The worst they can say is boo, or the worst they can say is, nigga, you are not funny, or whatever it might be. And I got past that. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just a risk taker. Like, but not like from a sense of trying to be stupid or like self-indulgent. I feel like I got something that makes the world better. That's good. I do feel like things that come out of my mind is like, okay, you're going to look fine in this city. It ain't just so I can get money because I put more into it than I get out of it. Like mm. I, I put more money into buying the, the thing so it can be as authentic as possible. Or like I'll get to the last step of making a hoodie and something's crooked. I got to start from scratch. Mm. How many hoodies have I? My grandmother like, are oh, you throwing all these good hoodies? I'm like, yeah. And they wearing them now because they like, oh, this is still a good hoodie. <laughs> like my uncle, my aunts, they got all types of spell memory. I'm like, y'all can't be doing that. You're not an AKA. <laughs> but, you know, to them it's just a hoodie. But like, I can't sell that to yeah. a person because, you know, I like my reputation of delivering quality stuff. And um, that's the purpose. The same thing with my jokes. TV scripts, anything I put out is so it could be of quality. That's good. All right. So coming full circle here, when you look back over what you've done these last 20 years, uh, going on 22 years or 21 years, pardon me, since, you know, stepping on campus at Morehouse, is there anything that you can kind of look back in your time at Morehouse that you're saying, man, you know, that stuck through or, <clears throat> you know, a lesson, a crown form, something that you're like, you know, I, I still, you know, pull that with me in terms of, of being the man that I've become and the man that I'm becoming. Anything like that you can think about? There's so much. I mean, like, it's just like I said, it's just like this big mixture, this big gumbo of like, you know, gems and knowledge and um, culture. But, you know, the biggest thing that the life changer that happened for me was freshman year. Like I said, I, I have a, I'm, I'm a mama's boy growing up. Mm. Like that's that was my. It became she became my best friend, my closest friend. Mm. Um, always like you know anything that you need, I, we'll we'll find a way. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll find a way to get you. Cause she didn't want me to go away to college. She didn't want me to be that far away, but she know how much it meant to me. So that one out over any type of um, shelteredness mm. is the that I wanted to go. Um, cause that was a choice for her to make. Right. Yeah. So I remember one time freshman year, um, I was struggling. I don't know what class it might've been two classes. I might've just found out my major wasn't legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> I might've just found out computer side is not accredited. 
something to some some sort of like what the fuck? I'm, I don't even know what that means. But people say I got to switch majors now. Like my degree won't matter. Something about that. And I had called there looking for some compassion. Like I'm being one of those compassionate. It's gonna be okay. Just do this. Do, 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 do. Um, and I got none of that because she had never. She didn't go away to college. Yeah. And I asked her. I, she asked her for money every week. I asked her to get me down to Atlanta. I asked her for all these things. So I'm 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 like complaining about this thing to her, and she's like, "Look, you want to come home next week?" Mm. Just that plainly. It was no, um, well, you know, there was no soft voice. There was no um, warmness. She hit you with the south side. It was just dead cut. Mate, you want to come home? I don't even think she said home. Like, you want to leave? Something like that. There was was no, um, there was no pep talk at all. It was like either make it work or I'll send a bus ticket or Mm -hmm. a plane ticket, something like that. And that was my awakening of manhood, of like, you know, if you can't handle it, leave. Ooh. Mm. You know, but nobody's going to hold my hand to, for, especially for something I'm asking for. That's good. Okay. And I had never, I don't, I don't think I had ever heard that, that tone in her voice before. So after that, I think sophomore year, because that was like the end of freshman year, sophomore year had the greatest academic, like social and like just kicking it. Like I got all of the shits done. I was I was like three seven GPA, this <laughs> sophomore fucking like it was just crazy. Like I was I was going H like I was I was I found out like I was getting cool with, you know, these different types of people and Greeks and stuff like that. And like had set up big plans and all of this, and it was just like, I just had that awakening, man. So that just that just taught me either you know either either get down or or lay down. Like which one is going to be? You going to lead a situation that's that you're not happy about, but don't force it. If it don't fit, don't force it. And I was like, well, this fits. This fits. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I learned about consent. Like it don't, it don't fit. Don't force it. Uh, but yeah, dog. And yeah, that was that was um. And then, like, man, just just all the the nuggets. Because, listen, Morehouse gave an opportunity to be as excellent as I wanted to be. Everything about, like, don't be too smart, don't be too this, don't be too that. There's a place. And I ain't saying that works everywhere. And I ain't saying, you know, where we come from is wrong for, like, telling yourself to keep your head down. But at this place, 830 Westview? Yeah. Be as excellent as you can be. Yeah. Like go crazy on how on how dope you know you can do something. Find your gift, find your art. Had them late night three a.m. conversations in the laundry room. Mm-hmm. You know, with your homie about like what to do next. Pick up as much as you can. I learned just so much about life from 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 guys who are going who went through the same thing. It's that's invaluable. That's what's up. No, I mean I I I completely agree. Right? There was no <clears throat> no throttle. Or throttling back on your potential, right? And I think you yeah. see that a lot in, in you know, a lot of the Morehouse men that we know, people that are, I would say, in front of the camera, behind the camera, people that are on the, on the front page and behind the front page. That is all. It's it's this. If you want it, you go for it, and nobody's going to tell you, you can't. And uh, and I think that's that's awesome, and that's, I mean, clearly has been 
a uh, reflection of, of your life as well, right? Like you said, I'm a risk taker. If I want it, I'm gonna go for it, and you know, and, and that's 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 an awesome piece there, man. Man, I appreciate it. Thank you for 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 dropping wax and eloquence on this thing today. I didn't know what to expect. I'm just gonna be honest. I didn't know if you just going you know, tell every joke that you'd ever told, and we're just gonna be laughing this whole thing. I didn't know how how you was gonna come, but you came. You yeah. came, Clark. Uh, I appreciate it. Came, <laughs> <laughs> Clark. Uh, yeah, man. I hope people got something out of whatever I said. That's my purpose. You know, whatever I've been through, I, I went through that. So hopefully, you didn't have to go through that. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I, I like giving people direct routes to, you know, healing and stuff like that. We go through enough. Like, why not? show how to get past a lot of things that are um that could be avoided you know we don't got to haze each other all the all the time like give us give us some keys um and if you if you're on comedy central if you follow them check out their stories they highlight i just did a whole thing about you know funny things that happen at hbcu so you know check all that out follow me at the clark jones yeah there it is how about to ask how people can follow you where where you where, where can somebody see you on on stage all of those things. So at the Clark Jones, what else we got in there? Yeah, that's that's at the T H E E Clark Jones on Twitter and Instagram. I post all my shows there, and uh, I'm moving around trying to see like you know we still we still in a pandemic, y'all. Um, so like, everybody want to avoid it because they want to go to Super Bowl. But um, yeah, I'm I'm getting out there in the spring, and I'll be bouncing either to LA or New York pretty soon. Bet, bet. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for. For joining me on the podcast and i hope that each and every one of you all enjoyed this episode so many great nuggets in here and and some great jokes in there as well a bunch of uh inside jokes as well that i'm gonna when i press stop on the record button i'm gonna yeah, zing them with them but it was so great man and, and i hope that you all enjoyed it and hope that you all are anxious and and, and um interested in listening to this uh morehouse men series as there's so much uh that uh these these people help create the French Thompson that you all know that's been on this podcast and um, so many great stories and experiences go from there. So again, Clark, thanks for, for being on the podcast. On mothers. <laughs> well, we thank you all and we'll see you after a while.